Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. But we are broadcasting from World Headquarters here at 740 KTRH and around the country on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday, and we tell this every week, if you're on vacation, you're traveling, you have a relative, you have grandma, you have a friend in another city, the iHeartRadio app, 7 p.m. Central, will find us. Now, to be part of the program, drjoegalati.com is our website. Sign up for our newsletter every Saturday morning. That goes out. All of the social media that we have is there. And um, if you want to email me, there is a forum on the website, drjoegalati.com. You just hit contact and you can send a message. But if you want the shortcut, it is radio at drjoegalati.com, radio at drjoegalati.com. And what I'm going to do, generous mood, free signed book, three of them. Uh, well, really what I would say, the first three people that send me an email, either through the contact on the website or directly radio at drjoegalati.com. And, but in the email, you have to tell me your number one health concern. Don't just email and say, hey, I'd like a signed book. Uh-uh, won't get it. What's your number one health concern? And then maybe we could talk about that in, in the days and weeks to come. In the studio, Dr. Suda Kadali, she is no stranger to the program. She is a colleague of mine at Houston Methodist Hospital. She is also a hepatologist, a liver doctor. Suda, welcome to the program. You're in the new studios now. You haven't been here in over a year or so. Turn the mic on. Turn the mic on. It is on. It is on. Yes. All right. Why isn't the mic working? I don't know. Let's try this microphone. There you go. Can you all hear me? Yes. Okay. This is better. Well, thank you for having me today. Good all evening. Right. And yes, this is a fantastic studio. I think this is my first time here, so I'm really excited to be here. Right. So for everybody tuning in, tonight we're going to have, a, I don't want to say it's a little bit more of a relaxed program, but... This time of the year, and as long as I've been on the radio, the 20-plus years, we have always used the first few weeks of when school starts to talk about our children's health, our students' health, going back to school. And for a lot of students, a lot of families, it's a, it's a reset. Our kids are going to do a little better in school this year compared to last year. Maybe they're going to take up a new extracurricular activity. They're going to join the band or start dancing or a sport. But I would say this is a perfect opportunity to think about resetting your children's health. If it's a hack, it's okay. It's similar to a New Year's resolution. Take horrible care of yourself until January 1st, New Year's resolution. I think we can do this with school as well and children. And for all the years, my mother always loved to come on during these few weeks, and she would give 
her advice. And I think that is what is lacking a lot in our health and in our families. We need the advice of a grandmother, the advice of and sage wisdom of your mother. And uh, I, I know that my mom loved to come on the radio and and uh, give all of her advice, which was always very well received. But we're dealing with fractured families. People are in all directions. They're in different cities. And all of that trickles down to affecting the health. So there's this genera- generational wisdom is, is being lost. Uh, Suda, what, what do you think? You're very family-oriented. And this, this whole concept of we need our elders, in a sense, to help us with lots of things, but also the health and wellness of our families. Oh, absolutely. I can't agree more. And um, I um, think that, you know, getting advice from parents or mothers or grandmothers is so important, especially when you're trying to raise your kids, you know, when they go to school, you know, how did you do that when we were kids is what I always ask my mom. Right. So I think uh, it's very important. I actually talk to her regularly, especially right before school and when school starts, because I'm like, you know, this has been really a stressful week. I don't recall how you balanced all of these is the question I always pose to my mom, and I'm constantly learning. So it is hard. It is important to seek advice, and I have a, a few things that I keep track of or keep a list of right. that I, you know, it's my checklist right before school starts so that I try my best, uh, you know, before the kids get started. Through the now, first how old month. are your kids now? So I have two girls, nine and thirteen year old. So nine I have a teenager now. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to be looking for gray hair on you. But Soon. <laughs> uh, now, for the way I look at this is, I have always talked about for our adult patients having a dashboard, and there are all sorts of uh, different. Um, Different campaigns that different organizations and in and, and the medical field have have uh, uh, promoted, such as dashboard, knowing your cholesterol, knowing your weight, knowing your blood pressure, knowing your ALT, which is near and dear to us as in the liver field, knowing your liver enzymes, those types of things. But I would think for your children, and this can certainly be applied to adults, but we're talking about kids for right now. A dashboard. Do you have really a good idea? Number one is their weight. Now, anytime you start talking about somebody's weight, it has become hyper personal to the point where we stop talking about it. And that is probably the biggest mistake. The other is blood pressure. And I, I we had a whole show a few months ago on blood pressure. And I said, you know, we should do maybe for families... Once a month on a Saturday, everybody get their blood pressure taken. You got teenage kids, make sure it's it's not going up. And exercise and sleep. We're going to take a quick break right now. I'm with Dr. Sudo Kodali, Houston Methodist Hospital. We'll be back. Don't forget drjoegalati.com. We're giving away three signed books, but you have to tell me what your number one health concern is. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Every Sunday between... 7 and 8 p.m. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. You're tuned into Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. And as I was saying earlier, we have some signed books 
free signed books, um, you have to email me. So you could either email directly radio at drjoegalati.com or go to drjoegalati.com. There's a comment tab and you could send me a message that way. But you have to include your number one health concern that is on your mind right now to be eligible to get one of the three signed books. And I'll personalize it to you. So drjoegalati.com. In the studio is Dr. Suda Kodali from Houston Methodist Hospital, a hepatologist, colleague of mine, and um, radio enthusiast, I would say. Wait, is that is that mic on? No, the mic's not on. Let's try. Let's try that one. Live radio. It's totally okay. Switching mics. There you go. Okay, we're sticking with that microphone for the rest of the night. I will do that. All right. We were we were talking about the dashboard and the basic facts that you need to know about yourself if you're an adult, but also data you need to know on your kids. You can't just fly in the blind to say, is my kid healthy? Is he sort of not healthy, very healthy? And we were talking about weight. What's your opinion? Of course, talking to adults and how they respond to the topic of weight, especially when it's too much. I think weight is a sensitive topic for everybody, whether it's adults or kids. Uh, And I think you have to be extra careful when you're talking to kids, even if that's your kids, because you don't want to create that stigma in their brain about, you know, the fact that they may be a little overweight or they may need to, you know, work out a little bit or exercise a little bit or watch their weight. Uh, So I think there's a good approach to how you should tackle this problem if you're worried about weight. You know, you would agree with me when we see patients in the clinic, if you're talking to someone who has fatty liver or has, you know, extra weight, whether they're overweight or obese, when we talk about lifestyle modification, I always tell this to patients. I say it shouldn't just be you. It should be a lifestyle modification for the whole family. You know, you're talking about changing the way you cook, you know, meal prepping and planning, avoiding mm-hmm. Outside, you know, I guess eating, I wouldn't say stop eating outside, but minimize eating out right. or take out and uh, incorporating physical activity. So I think it should be more of a family deal rather than one person working. And it's so much more harder when, you know, everybody else is eating, I wouldn't call it junk, but well, let's say it's know, junk. <laughs> junk. Yeah. And then one person is like eating salad where everybody else is eating fried food or something that, you know, is right. very uh, appealing to your eyes and also to your gut. Uh, it may not be the healthiest option, but, you know, I think it's a team effort is how I explain it to my patients. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing with the kids, too. Yeah, I would I would think we the, the patients that we see when you present that there is a, an issue with weight, yeah, they look at it as an opportunity for everybody to change. That That is the truth. And I I will always ask, is your husband, is your wife, is your boyfriend, girlfriend, are they buying into this? Are, when you go home tonight and you say, look, this is the report I got, are they going to embrace this or are they going to say, look, you're on your own? And the same could go for kids where if there is a health issue with the with the child, let's say, wait in this, this situation, uh, you would you would really think that the parents would rally around the child and everybody makes that change. Oh, I agree 100%. I think you have to be a role model for your kids. 
before you start telling them to change what they eat or how right. they eat. I think the whole family has to put in work and effort to do that. So again, it comes back to the whole family or the team effort rather than just you know telling your kids or asking your son to do something versus your daughter is not you know following the healthy recommendations or diet right. recommendations that we make. Total, totally true. Other things on the dashboard that I wrote down here is sleep. Now, more and more research is coming out on the importance of sleep. Sleep in the adult, sleep in the child. And and for the parents or grandparents that are tuning in tonight, really, if you are concerned about your kid's health, you have to look at their sleep. And again, summer is over, school is starting, it's a little bit of a different routine. You have to try to get a hold on the sleep pattern that they're going to have and and not get to the point where it's completely discombobulated, where uh, they're staying up late studying and they're coming home late from activities and the work is piling up and they're up till two, three in the morning. That is a prescription for a sick child. I agree with this also. Um, I think right before school starts, I actually start, you know, talking with them and reminding them that they got to get back to their schedule. So, you know, summer we all, you know, take it easy a little bit, I would say, you know, watching TV, screen time, playing computer games or going out, you know, for dinner and then coming home and going to bed late. Versus even two weeks before school starts, I start reminding them, we got to change, you know, get back to early dinner, early sleeping so that you could get up in the morning and get to school on time. So that's how I start uh, talking with my kids. Um, And I agree that I think all of us are sleep deprived. But kids these days, you know, just given the amount of homeworks they have or assignments or daily testing and so many other things and extracurricular activities, there's always something going on. So it's really important to stick to the schedule and bedtime that is recommended, you know, eight to 10 hours of exactly. good sleep is so important. We talk about this with our patients in the clinic all the time. We know that lack of sleep or restless sleep is associated with a lot of health issues, including fatty liver, uncontrolled blood pressure, and other things. I think it translates exactly in the similar way to kids. In addition, I feel like if they don't get their sleep, they are going to be cranky. I'm not going to be able to focus in school. And there's so many other things that can happen uh, if this happens on a regular, long-term basis. Yeah, I mean, it just creates havoc with with the children. Now, before we, we get to the break, I've got a couple of other things, but I want to hit this now. Mental health. Now, as as you're, you, you may have a child that is going from middle school to high school or you know later in high school, they're starting to drive. Mental health as far as depression, anxiety, uh, social uh, anxiety, and things like that. But I, I really want to talk about being exposed to drugs, being exposed to alcohol. I posted on our Facebook page two links from our friends at drugfree.org. We've had them on really the entire time that I've been on the radio, drugfree.org. One is a substance uh, substance use risk assessment. I would highly, highly go and look at this. It takes about five minutes, and you just cycle through these questions, asking uh, questions about your student, your child, yourself, the family, to see what kind of risk they may be in for the potential for drug abuse of any kind. The other link that I put there is a full drug guide for parents. Uh, when my kids were younger, I did not know all of the slang, 
what was out there. You need to be an informed consumer to be able to take care of your kids. Now, your your kids, Suda, are 9 and 13. Uh, hopefully, they're not being exposed to drugs at this point. But do you have a conversation with them? Oh, I think it's a very important topic. And depending on the age of your child, you have to figure out a subtle way of bringing this up and talking with them. Uh, of course, you know, there's so many different reasons for kids to be exposed to and oh, whether it's peer pressure, is it, you know, stress and anxiety, of, right. you know, school or whatever, you know, other case uh, the scenario may be. But I think it's important. And I don't know what the right age is, but I would feel like middle school is probably when all parents should start talking with their kids about substance abuse or drug abuse. Right. And I think talking to kids about drug abuse is not going to stimulate them becoming drug users. So hiding it is is not the thing to do. Get it out in the open. All right. Sally Adams is here, our favorite um, anchor, news, weather, traffic, and Astros. Did they win today, Sally? Shut up. Okay, I won't say anything. All right, Dr. Joe Galati, drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. We hope that you were tuned in to Your Health First. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. And check it out. There is a lot of information there to check out. All of our social media is there. Past programmings, podcasts, replays, rebroadcast, YouTube. Certainly um, plenty of information. DrJoeGalati.com. In the studio with Dr. Suda Kadali, Houston Methodist Hospital, a dear colleague of mine in the Live Disease program at Houston Methodist. And we're we're trying to get you all encouraged and to think about the health of your children, the health of your students as the school year starts. And you may not have thought about it. You may think, well, the kids are out of school. The kids are out of the house and get back to normal programming. But really, this is a perfect time to start thinking about their health. Now, we were talking about last segment, their risk exposure to drugs, talking to them. And on our Facebook page, we have two really, really good links. I would say go to drugfree.org, substance abuse risk assessment, and a guide that I would think all parents should know. Would you say, Suda, that you have a good working knowledge of street drugs? I don't at all. You know, I mean, of course, in medicine or in, you know, during our training and when we see patients, we know uh, about certain drugs and what they do to your body. But, of course, the slang or the street names, I have no idea. So I think it's yeah. really, again, important for parents to know what the kids can get exposed to at school and what the terms are and, uh Again, start talking about it. And I think, you know, instead of saying, hey, you know, middle school is a time where you're at risk for this, that, I think it's important to talk about the health effects of all these, you know, right. illicit uh, drugs and things that are available to kids. I, I w I'm still amazed at how middle school and high school kids have access to mm -hmm. these things that, you know, just looks like, you know, it's easy to uh, obtain these, and yeah. I would have no idea where to go and get these if I really right. wanted to Like try if something. you went on a scavenger hunt and said, okay, buy a, a bag of cocaine or some pot or anything, you know, I'd, I honestly don't know where. Um, 
you know, what street corner do I need to go to? I don't know. I think if you look around and you get your network, you could probably figure it out. But uh, the, the kids are there getting advice and guidance on how to do it. And their kids, that's sort of a hierarchy, really. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Now, in, in speaking of children's health, and, and again, both of us are predominantly adult doctors taking care of adults with liver disease, the one item that we deal with a lot is alcohol. And we take care of patients that have really full-blown alcohol use disorder, The, uh, in, in a sense, you're a characteristic alcoholic, and then you have people that have alcohol use disorder that are heavy uh, they binge only on weekends, but they're still holding other job. They're not getting arrested. They're not having any uh, major uh, social issues. But with kids, what's your take on what parents should say now about alcohol? They're going back to school. And again, not knowing where your kid is. Are they starting middle school, uh, high school, later in high school, starting college? What would you say as parent slash liver expert? I think it's uh, very important to discuss that anything in moderation may be okay. Uh, But, you know, of course, you have to bring in the health aspect of it. And as a physician, I think I'm uh, blessed, I guess, in a way, or have that information, the medical information, right? So, you know, it's not just, oh, drinking is bad for you. It's actually because it causes X, Y, Z. I think not everybody is equipped with that medical knowledge, but I think that's how you should approach this with with um, kids. And of course, you know, at home, you know, parents drink, right? A beer or a glass of wine on mm-hmm. the weekends is something. So kids see parents drink alcohol. Um, and then if you say you shouldn't be drinking, I don't think that's the right approach. I think there's an age to try alcohol and mm-hmm. also I think again bringing in the aspect of something to try versus you know just enjoying is one thing but you know in excess is not yeah. good for your health is how I would look at it. I haven't had a chance to or I haven't had the need to talk with my kids about it yet but yeah. I'm probably going to start thinking about it. Yeah. When you talk to the the experts that are in addiction that are dealing with this. And the research tends to point to delaying exposure to alcohol as long as you can. Now, a lot of parents will say, that's not realistic. That's not real. Come on. You're living in some old fashioned time. But the data would show the adolescent brain exposed to alcohol does funny things compared to uh, the adult brain at 21, 23, 25. So delaying the exposure. And that's where I I would think instead of parents that are listening or grandparents or others that deal with children, including coaches and teachers, in a sense, you are not off the hook to be an influence. Telling them not so much don't do this, but why you should not do it. Yes. And, you know, I think we had this uh, conversation not too long ago at work where, you know, that reward center, you know, the dopamine that right. re- gets released when you do something and that brings happiness or pleasure. You know, the, the connections in the brain developing at certain age versus when, you know, you're a 21 or a 22 year old, it's a little different. So I think I agree with you. I, I don't think, you know, 16 or 17 is the age to start you know drinking. Yeah. But again, the, the, the conversation should begin at home. 
and it shouldn't be like a you know I don't trust you. It's, it shouldn't be like a blaming right. uh, you know game, but more like you know this is why it is not um, a good idea to start doing X Y Z at this age. Is how you should have a conversation. With your yeah, parents. and and I think the one thing, and this applies for adults, the, the people we take care of, this sense that beer is not alcohol. Oh, I don't touch the hard stuff. Oh, Lord, I stopped that years ago. Six-pack of beer? Yes. Not a problem. So so there is a sense that that misinformation from mom and dad trickles down to the kids, and you have teenagers, let's say, that are, well, he just drinks beer. He's in the garage with his friends just drinking beer. It's not as bad as, you know, drinking, you know, bourbon, rum, vodka, tequila. Oh, yes, all the time, right? In the clinic, I have to specifically ask patients, uh, do you drink any alcohol? The answer, if it's no, then I say, do you drink any wine or beer? And I ask that. And sometimes patients are like, I just told you, I don't drink anything. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not trying to in insult your intelligence. It's just because a lot of patients don't think wine or beer counts as alcohol. And I think as uh, adults, as physicians, we should start educating our parents, our patients, our parents about the fact that Beer is equally bad to your liver if you're drinking six or 12 of them versus, you know, a glass of hard liquor or yeah. two glasses of wine every yeah. night, right? So I think that lack of or that gap in knowledge ex right. is, is out there. And I think we just have to keep reminding yeah. Uh, parents. Yeah. No, we just have to hammer it across. All right. Final segment coming up. I am with Dr. Suda Kadali tonight on Your Health First. Stay tuned. Final segment. My goodness. The night is flying. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Final segment of tonight's Your Health First. You know, I wish I was at the beach. Bring that up, Adam. Just a little, little. There you go. It is so damn hot outside. I wish I was at the beach. But even Southern California, San Diego, they're going to get hit with a storm tonight. So maybe I don't know if you chose that music on purpose or or not, but we're we're happy. All right, don't forget drjoegalati.com. If you haven't reached out already, radio at drjoegalati.com or drjoegalati.com. No, no. My email. I'm getting all confused here. Radio at drjoegalati.com or the website drjoegalati.com. Send me an email. Send me a message. What is your number one health concern? The top three will get a signed book sent to you in the mail. All right. I'm with Dr. Kadali. And the final segment here, we're going to wrap this up. We have about 10 minutes. Obesity. Now, obesity, I would say 90% of the time is related to diet. Too much eating, too much nutrition. And with our children, we have to look and see what we are feeding them. Now, for years now, I have been talking and speaking and talking to my patients and their families about the value of cooking at home. Once you relinquish that and and you get the majority of your food through drive through delivery or out in a restaurant, you're going to put yourself at health risks. And the number one thing that will prop up is you become overweight. When you become overweight and or obese, it's then the hypertension, 
the high cholesterol, the fatty liver, the diabetes, and a cascade of problems. The dominoes start falling. So the issue is how do we make it a point for everybody listening tonight to start cooking more at home? Dr. Kadali and I are avid cookers at home. We prepare meals for our families. You may not, and you're, I'm not asking you to go from zero to 100 tonight, but think about with the school year starting, one evening or maybe meal prepping for one or two meals during the week that you could say, we made this. I made this for the family. Now, Suda, you are working more than full-time, and you were telling me you somehow have figured out a way to make most of your meals for the family, and when the kids go to school, they're packing a home lunch. Take it away. Yeah. So, uh, And really what I would say, for those listening, and we're not here to pit one another against each other. I'm busier than you. You don't, you're not that busy. Give me a break. You're lazy. But I would say you have to look at role models to say, here is a colleague of mine working full time, probably close to 80 hours a week, finding the time and the priority to get this done. So take it away. I think it's all about planning. Uh, It's very challenging at times, especially given our schedules, you know, to come home and cook. So I use the weekends uh, for most part for planning and prepping. Mm -hmm. And initially, I mean, if you're going from eating out for most part and eating, you know, picking dinners through drive through to actually wanting to do it at home, it's going to be a little challenging and Uh difficult. So I think, first of all, you have to plan your weekly menus, and that's how I start. So um, it depends on a lot of different things, you know, diet, your preferences, are you vegetarian, do you eat meat, you know, allergies to foods and Uh things like that, right? But the idea should be every meal should be balanced, meaning you have to have carbohydrate, protein and good fats uh, in your meal. I mean, that's how I plan my meals. So on the weekend, pretty much uh, at least on a whole Saturday or Sunday for four to six hours, I'm cooking for the whole week. Uh, We may still do, you know, dinner on a Friday evening with the family, but for most part, we do actually eat at home. So there's a list of items that we shop for uh, and 60% of it. So we follow the Mediterranean diet concept of shopping. So 60% of my cart actually has fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then the remaining, of course, is you know, carbohydrates and fats. Uh, and I'm a vegetarian, so you know we pretty much eat vegetarian meals. Right. And it's a little more challenging if you're a vegetarian, but we do it. My husband, of course, helps out a lot with shopping right. in the middle of the week, especially for fruits and vegetables. And then on Sunday, like after I go home now, I'm going to pack the snacks for the whole week. So yeah. I try to do a fruit and a vegetable. Uh, for a snack along with a lunch uh, that I pack on Sunday evening. And I try sometimes to do like three days. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, their lunches are packed already. It may be pasta. It may be, you know, a tortilla with some kind of, you know, protein in it. Um, But I try to do that on Sundays, uh, especially because, you know, depending on Monday morning, we have a 7 a.m. meeting. So I can't like wake up at 5 and be doing their, you know, lunch prepping. So I do that and it takes a little bit of extra effort and time. But once you figure it out, it's not that difficult. Yeah. And I and I think that even breakfast in the morning, people, uh, you know, families will get up and say, 
just too stressed out. I'm late. My kid isn't a morning person and just, you know, sort of get them packed and, and give them a, a granola bar and that's, and that's breakfast. I hate to say it, but if the, the mom or the dad, the grandparent, whoever is with these children in the morning, if you have to get up even 30 minutes ahead of time to make some oatmeal, make a scrambled egg, put some vegetables together. There's nothing wrong with having a little salad in the morning with some beans on it. It's, it's okay. Wrapped in a tortilla. There's a million options online that you could look for healthful breakfast for your children. But what do you say to people that will, the parents in particular, will say, I'm too busy. I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. So, of course, you know, we're all busy in different ways, right? And everybody's, you know, doing full-time jobs, you know, coming home, taking care of kids, uh, of course, driving kids around for right. their activities. That's an extra, you know, couple of hours every day. But if cooking and eating healthy is your priority, there's so many easy ways of doing it. And there's millions of recipes on YouTube. Yeah. So I go and, like, try to look up. So even if my kids... Uh, say, for example, my younger one, if she says, Mom, I, I, can you just make some banana bread? Of course, you know, I'll make banana bread, but I'll try to add some healthy ingredients to mm-hmm. that. And I just make a batch and slice it up and put it in a Ziploc bag or a container and give it to her for, you know, snack for school. So I know that even though she's enjoying what she likes, it's not, you know, it's healthier version of that. So there's right. there's so many different ways. You know, cheeses are good for you. Uh, fruit, you know, carrots, you get those yeah. mini organic yeah. peeled carrots, you know, slice up your um, apples the night before, grapes. So I always make sure I pack a fruit and a vegetable. There's hummus that you could give, you know, for totally. kids. So totally. there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of options. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of extra prepping and planning. You know, the the way we see it, first of all, statistic-wise, 14.7 million obese children between 2 and 19. That That is a number that nobody should be happy with. The second thing is, if you are overweight or obese as a child, the likelihood of you being overweight as an, an, as an adult is tremendously higher, and that is no good. And these are the people that we are seeing in our clinics with fatty liver that develops to cirrhosis. So what you see with your children now, you're almost getting a look into the future for what their health and wellness would be. 30 seconds, Dr. Gadali, final thought on getting parents ready for the health of their kids as school starts. So planning, planning, planning. Okay. Prep your meals, talk to your kids, make sure they're physically active because, you know, of course, diet and exercise both are very important. Uh, Limit emotional eating because that's a big, big, big problem, especially with kids, you know, stress and anxiety and other things that come with school. And then educating them about nutrition as we go, you know, every time, every chance you get, I think that's really important. And then, of course, the screen time that we always talk about, we didn't get to talk about it today, yeah. uh, would be an important thing instead of watching TV, go and, you know, ride your bike or walk with me. All right. Great. All right, everybody. Dr. Gadali, thank you so much for coming in tonight. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Be well. Think about your kids, their health. Take care. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.